it right on. We're in week two. Last week, we kicked off a series called What's the Point? We're looking at this idea of what is the point to all of this? What is the purpose of all of this? Obviously, he drew out some examples there. But how many know we all face this question? Uh, I think that life is seasonal. You know, I think when you, you know, you're young, you just want to get married, and then you think that's kind of the end, and then you get married, and then you have a kid, and then, you know, just life progresses, and all of those positive things happen. But in all of that, you rediscover purpose. Where do I fit in this? Where is my purpose in this? Like, uh, what am I here to accomplish? You know, none of us like to go through the motions. You know, if we were to sit down uh, and say, hey, you know, tell me about your life and what you want to do in the rest of your years, none of you would say, boy, I just really want to finish going through the motions. You know, if I could just get by and be, uh, make sure every day is the same old, same old thing. No one lies awake dreaming of average, And so uh, that's because God wired you that way. God wired you when he created us. He put in us uh, a desire to want to dream and expand and do more. Literally, the way God created earth is constantly expanding and doing more. Even now, uh, our universe is expanding because God is a person who wants us to do more and grow and expand. He doesn't want us, you know, we literally saw in scripture, uh, there's a parable of the talents and the servant who was given something, the one who did nothing with it, who just sat on it, uh, was called a wicked and lazy servant. Why? Because we're called to be advancers. Amen. He created in Genesis and, and he put Adam and all these people in place. And he said, now, Hey, go tend to it and take care of it and make sure that everything thrives. You know, he didn't give instructions about, well, you know, here is this stuff and, uh, make sure, you know, it just kind of lives a little and then it dies and then you bear. No, he, the garden of Eden, it was paradise. It was a thriving place that God created. Why? Because God wants you in your thriving place. Amen. And when you look in your life and when you look uh, at current culture, uh, two thirds of Americans say that on a yearly basis, they find themselves in seasons of depression where they, they, they don't know why they're here or why, what's their purpose or what, what they're setting out to accomplish. Two thirds of people uh, also feel like they uh, experience seasons of hopelessness on a yearly basis, uh, well, how does that line up? What, what's the deal? Well, because the deal is our culture sells us, you just need to make enough money and then you'll be happy. Or if you just have the right type career, you'll be happy. If you live in the right neighborhood and have the right this, and, and they put, give you all these superficial things. They say, if you accomplish these things, then you'll be happy. But God is placed in us great purpose, not great accomplishments. There's a difference between accomplishing something and being purposeful here on earth. Amen. And that's why God is always calling us to eternal matters. He says things like we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities because there's bigger things going on than what we see in the X's and O's. Amen. So we're going to take a look at scripture. If, uh, if I were to take a look at, okay, what's the point? What's our purpose? In order to know something about a purpose, you would go talk to the creator. And so if I wanted to know exactly the purpose of this microphone and how it works and how to get the best out of it, I would go to the creator of this microphone. And that's what the Bible is for us. If we wanna get the best out of our life, you go to what the creator says about your life. And scripture is so full of, of promises and functions and things that if you put these principles in place, God will make sure that you function at your highest level. It's no different than the sound team. They, they do things with this microphone to make sure they get the highest level out of it. Well, that's what we're called to do in our life, and that's what the Bible helps us do, amen? So this week, we've entitled our sermon, You Were Made to Dream, 
when we talked about, you know, maybe if you're, uh, if you're here because you got a mailer, uh, we prayed about that mailer and we prayed about what we'd want to say and, and, and who we'd send that out to and all this stuff. And, and the plan with the mailer is like, hey, we wanted to, to, to invite people to a place where we could tell them what we believe God wants them to know. And so we have this series called What's the Point? We want you to know that there's a purpose in your life. And, and one of the things that we believe is a big part of your purpose is this week, which is entitled, You Were Made to Dream. You were made to be a dreamer. The Bible has a lot to say about dreaming and has a lot to say about uh, having vision and having purpose and, and going after how God created you to do. So we read it here for, uh, we read it here for tithe, but going to start it again here, Acts 2.17. It says, in the last days, I believe we're in the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. I love this translation. If you read the part, uh, if you look it up a little bit more, it says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. The translation of that is actually, I'm going to empty myself upon the earth. Meaning God in these last days is getting ready to go all in. Meaning in these last days, he doesn't want us to limp to the finish line. He wants to make sure that you got all that you can get to get to the end. Amen. And so the problem is a lot of Christians, you know, we're like the turtle. You know, we, we go back into the shell and we're worried because, you know, government this and then this happened over here and there was this thing. And we throw out this part that God says, no, in the last days, I'm going to make sure you have everything of me. Amen. Now, God's not holding back from you. I don't want you to misinterpret what I'm saying. But I believe that an outpouring of God is what we're going to see here in these last days. And a lot of people get real reserved, like I was saying, uh, over what they see. But if you could get rid of what you see and hold on to what you believe, God's going to make things a little bit different. Amen. But the favorite part that I love here is it says your old men will dream dreams. Your old men will dream dreams. I believe that dreams know no age. Dreams with God, they know no age. Uh, our, our desire here as a church, and if you listen to our other sermons, you'll hear that one of the things we pray for as a church, one of the things we care deeply about is that we're linking generations together. All too often in church culture, I see where one generation will take something this far. And then the next young generation will come and they do things a little bit differently than this generation. So this generation resists this one. And then this one says, well, we want to do it our own way. So they resist this one. And then those two generations never work and they never link together. And so all that happens in Christian culture is we only keep going so far. Instead of standing and growing on top of each other, like God has called us to, somebody say amen. So it's saying your young men will have visions, your old men will dream dreams. Why? Because those two things are called to be together, amen? And so I pray that we're a church that you see multiple generations linking arms. And the thing about young or old men dreaming dreams, when you're, the, the enemy is, is, has told such a good lie to the older generation that, oh no, you're old in years, you know, you've, you've tread the wine press, you've, you've put in your years, you've pushed the plow, why don't you just hold back? Why don't you just hold back and maybe let the next ones run with it? But we need you. Here's the example that God gave me. You, the older generation, you're rounding third. You're in your best time of your race. You're in the best time of your game. You've made it past first and second, and you're coming around third. You get to go. You're going home. You're getting ready to score the point. Amen? But there's a lot of generations that pull up at third base. They just 
I don't want to, you know, we'll just let the other one. And then the young generation, the problem that we see is we don't want to bat the older generation home. We don't want to stand at the plate and think, okay, you know what? They're on second. And uh, you hit differently when somebody's on second versus if you were to do it by yourself. If you're by yourself, you can do whatever you want. You know, do whatever you want. But if somebody's on second, it kind of becomes priority to make sure you get them home. So you take a little bit different approach. There's a lot of young generations that don't like to take a little bit different approach to make sure that generation makes it home. But we're called to make it home, amen? And the best part about baseball is when, when the one makes it home, then they, they clear the bat out of the way and then they stand home plate and they start cheering home the other person coming in from second. I've made a way, I've made a way, come, come, you're clear. That's what we need to be as a church, some older generation cheering in the second one, amen? Okay, good, I know it's nine, I know it's nine. I had my Wheaties, I'm good, so I'll give you a minute. But dreams, these generations gotta work together, the young and the old. If we're gonna see God accomplish what he is going to accomplish here in our communities, it takes both. And a dream is for every person. Every person is called to have a dream. And I think a lot of people, they, they misinterpret this terminology of having a dream. They think, well, I'm not Bill Gates and I don't have the type of resources to accomplish a dream. They'll never make a movie out of me because I don't have the type thing to just get up and do this awe-inspiring type dream. But you all have dreams for your kids. Right now, all of us, if you have a kid or if you're working uh, on a career or if you have a family, there's those little things on the inside of you that when you're connected to them, you desire for them. You desire for it. That's your God-given dream for that situation, amen? Don't let the enemy tell you, well, you're not dreaming for nothing, you're not doing anything. No, all of those little things that you're connected to, your family, your career, your church, all those little passions that you have, those are your God-given dreams that God wants to breathe on and encourage and make sure it comes to pass, amen? The scripture says in James that earnest prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. Imagine if we prayed over all those little dreams. Imagine if all those little desires you have for your kids and for your family and for your career and for your community, what if we as the righteous earnestly prayed and we could see the power and effectiveness of God come into those, amen? A lot of people pray, oh, fire fall. We wanna see revival of the days of whatever. But if all of our little steps that we walk every day, if we prayed for God to to touch those, how many know the world would change in all of us? Let's dream over our steps. A lot of people just want the big thing, but if we just prayed that God gives us our dreams on our everyday steps, how many know we'd be effective? I believe, you know, the scripture says that God is light. God is light, and I think part of that is God shines light on what he's created and called you to do. And part of the example that I want you to see there is like, how many have ever been just in a really dark, confusing season of your life? You had no passion. Maybe you fell into that depression that I talked about earlier. You were just in a season where everything seemed gloomy. Everything seemed hard. Everything seemed dark. You need to call, you need to call on God and ask him to be himself, shine some light into your life. Why? Because God's light is vision into your life. And, and Proverbs says, where there is no vision, people perish. If you feel like you're perishing, if you feel like you're struggling, it's because you're probably just missing a little bit of God's light on your life, amen? So ask God, God, shine a light in my life. 
give me some vision to my life. I don't want to be a person who perishes, uh, you know, not talking about keel over dead. I'm talking about a person going through the motions. We have to pray and ask God to give vision to our dreams, amen? And some people tell me all that, you know, I don't have a dream. I don't have a dream. All throughout scripture, it's really easy. You wanna get a dream? You wanna be a, a dreamer? You wanna be a person who dreams? Get around other dreamers. Get around people who have a dream. Get around people who are doing something. That's why church is so important, for you to be vitally connected to a home church, to a place that you're consistently connected to. Why? Because it's gonna encourage and inspire dreams for your community and for your schools and for families that we're connected to. Why? Because God, God wants us to get together and dream. It says, do not forsake the gathering together of the saints, but encourage one another. Cheer each other on in our what? In our dreams and in our gatherings, amen? Uh, be around dreamers. The problem is it's easy to be around non-dreamers. Isn't it interesting to see how like quickly we find our way to negative people? They just come out of nowhere. And I believe that attitudes have germs, Amen? You just get around some people that have a bad attitude and they're negative and the way that they think and the way that they see the world. Whoa, look at that beautiful sun. Yeah, but it's hot, <laughs> you know? Like, well, I'm thankful for it right now. Life is good. The snow is melted. Captain Sunday's open. Like, we're in revival, amen? Like, I mean, God could take us, you know? I think we've, <clears throat> but I believe that attitude, it, it just has germs, you get around people and they're negative and they're annoying and they're just bitter and they're just, and all of a sudden that just gets in and on you. Well, it works the same way when you get around dreamers and you get around positive people, you get around people that speak life. Get around those people, get those germs on you, amen? Because God's called you to be a dreamer. We say this often that I believe people will rise or fall to the level of your praise. So if you talk about people all the way down here, well, you know, they're this and they're the, that's the level that you're putting on their, their life. But if you're always talking about people up here, oh, they're great. They're going to do great things. They're going to do the, They're going to, there's no stop. And you're always praying, especially with our kids. Amen. You need to talk about people that they're going to rise to the level of your praise. Amen. So we need to be those kind of people when we're interacting with dreamers and people that are pursuing what God has put in their heart. Uh, I was watching this thing. Uh, on a study of fish tanks. You guys know the fish tank guys. Uh, I don't know the name of their show, but uh, tanked. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and they were talking about the common fish and all these different kind of things that people put in tanks. But they were talking about sharks, you know, how uh, sharks get put in these tanks and uh, they can't grow. They can only grow to the level of their environment. And, uh, and, they're, and they're stuck to the level of their environment. Most sharks can grow to eight feet and they can do all these things and great deep water and do all this kind of stuff, but because they put themselves in environment where they're restricted, they can only grow so much. And there's so many Christians that are the same type people. They find a tank that they're comfortable with and they say, ah, I'll be okay in this little tank. We've always done it this way. It's always looked this way. I'll just swim around this type perimeter. And because I can control it and I'm familiar with it, I'll stay in this type level water instead of growing to what God's really called me to be. Amen. We got a lot of guppy Christians. How many of you have ever seen a, know what a guppy is? You ever had a fish tank, right? This is a guppy. And uh, this is the type guppy that like, when you go to the grocery store 
if you buy like a soda and a loaf of bread, they'll give you a guppy free. It's like an imperk every week because they're such a cheap little fish. Uh, but here's the thing with the guppy. Uh, they come in tons of them and it's actually a pretty fish. It's got all this fin, but guppies don't accomplish anything. Guppies do great in tanks because they don't really grow that much. All they're really called to do is just flap around and look pretty. And how many know there's a lot of Christians that are comfortable just being guppy Christians? They like being in their little environment. They like everything the way it's supposed to be. They make sure everything looks real pretty on the outside, real flashy, real frilly. They don't want to be a type person that leads anybody or accomplishes anything. They just kind of want to float and be seen. Those aren't dreamer people. Dreamer people want to get out in the deep like the shark and they want to grow and they want to accomplish things. Uh, sharks create wakes that people get in and follow. Somebody say amen. We need to be shark type people, amen? Not guppy people. They said about Joseph, he got into an environment, he was around people. Uh, they said, Joseph, here's your, you know, he had his coat, he was a dreamer and they took him, he got around people that they didn't like that. They said, oh, here comes the dreamer. We don't like it when people dream. We don't like it when people think outside the tank. We don't like that kind of stuff. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna throw him in a pit where he won't be seen. We can get rid of the guppy. Uh, thank you. Perfect. But that guppy was distracting me, uh, just floating around over there, trying to be all guppy fish. But anyway, so they took that thing, and they and they and they they took Joseph and they threw him in. Why? Because there's some people in your life that they don't want to see you dream. They say, "Hey, get down in that pit where I don't see you. I don't have to hear from you. I don't have to deal with you because I don't want to, I don't want dreamers in my life." And I'm telling you, that's kind of the approach that the world likes to take. Christians get out and they say, hey, we want to make the world a better place. We got a dream to help people. And then all of a sudden, there's going to be people that show up in your life that the next thing you know, they're trying to get your hands on you to get you in the pit. Amen? Why do you go to that church? You go to that church at 9 a.m.? You serve in kids' ministry? Are you crazy? Get in your pit. We don't do that. <laughs> right? But I'm telling you, it's the truth about how some things work. It's important for us to continually dream, continually dream. That's how God created us, to be dreamers. Do you know that they did a study of people who retire? And when you retire and they didn't have anything to do, they weren't gonna travel, they weren't gonna go experience things, they were just gonna be people that kind of sit around, they retire, they didn't have any, they didn't meet with people, or go out to coffee, anything like that. Those people's health deter deteriorated in an extremely fast rate. After three years, most of them had uh, pretty serious and significant health things versus those that retired at the same age but traveled and experienced things and continued to move on in life and do things. Why? Because God's always calling you to do more and expand and dream and see things. In Germany, they did a study with rats, and they took these rats, and some of the rats, they just gave them their food. They said, here's your food. And the other rats they took and they put it in a place where they'd have to go through a maze and they changed it up every week. And so they had to go through and they had to discover and they had to find their purpose. And those rats lived 30% longer than the other rats. Why? Because there's just something about our environment of going out and pursuing and discovering our purpose or what's the point, amen? We're called to be a part of a vision, not go through the same old, same old. McDonald's was started by a guy who was 54 years old when he had the idea to do McDonald's. Colonel Sanders started KFC at 65 years old. Just a, a great empires that they've grown into, no matter how you feel about them. Uh, great businesses, because some guys at a point in their age, they didn't look at age, they just looked at what God placed inside of them to go do, amen? 
We gotta be people who continue and who pursue and who go after what God has for us. Habakkuk 2.3, it says, for the vision awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and it will not delay. There's times that you have visions and goals and things that God put in you. It's important for you to just be patient. Do you know that the number one word used with faith in scripture is patience? The number one word that you see partnered with the word faith is patience. When we're pursuing what God has for us, you can't look at the time frame. You can't look at how it's come to you. You just need to know it will certainly come. Amen? I'll close with this. Three things that I see that limits people from accomplishing their dream. There's three things that you, uh, or there's four things that you have to do. Uh, Four things here. Uh, I see this all the time. We talk about this often here is we say the largest gap in the world is between what we know to do and what we actually do. The largest gap in the world is between what we know to do and what we actually do. It's that process in the middle of executing. So we could all sit in this room and say, yeah, it's important for me to be connected to a dream whether it's a church or a school thing that you're partnering with to accomplish the dream or it's something in your life that God called you to do that you you know you need to pursue. We, We could all agree that it's important for us to be pursuing something bigger than ourselves. But the difference is what are we gonna do in the middle between knowing it and actually doing it? What are we gonna do? And so it's important for us to have a plan is what I'm talking about. So I wrote out four things here for the word and acronym here, plan. The first thing you need to do is pray it out. For the P, you have to pray it out. The first thing you have to do is just pray and talk to God about it. He says, you have not because you ask not. I wonder how many of us have a dream that we've never talked to God about. I wonder how many of us have this desire on the inside that you think you're working towards, but you haven't even asked God into it yet. So we have to pray it out. The other thing for L is we have to lay it out. You have to literally say, okay, this is the dream that I have. Let's start putting some things on paper. The scripture says, write the vision, make it plain, write it on a tablet, make it plain, write it out. Well, I don't know how it's gonna work. It might look stupid. I might not even know how to start writing it out. You'll be surprised what God gives you in it. Amen? And then A, act it out. Largest gap in the world is between what you know and what you actually do. Pray it out, lay it out, but then you have to start acting it out. Amen? You gotta start meeting with people and connecting with people. I see it all the time. People come to me and say, oh, I feel God's calling me to do this and calling me to do that. Okay, what are you gonna do? They just don't do anything with it. Let's start meeting with people and connecting with businesses and you know, figure it out. We have to be a people who, who act it out. And then lastly, you have to navigate it. Of the plan, you have to navigate it. Just one thing, you're gonna pray it out, you're gonna lay it out, you're gonna act it out. And then all of a sudden when you're in it, there's gonna be a change. There's gonna be a bump in the road. It's not gonna go the way that you laid it out. So then what's gonna happen? You have to navigate it. You have to trust God. I mean, scripture is full of men and women who had a plan, but then something happened and they trusted God to help them navigate it. Uh, One of the Navy SEALs was saying about the uh, Osama bin Laden capture, they were saying they had all these strategies and all these kinds of things, but they said the number one thing that they know about strategies is they said, I've never seen a plan survive the battle. Nothing you ever set out to do in war actually executes the way that you write it out. And it's the same thing in the kingdom of God. Anything we set out to do that God's given you a plan and a dream and a purpose, it's important for you to know, pray it out, lay it out, act it out, but then you're gonna have to navigate through some changes in that, amen? 
I thought about uh, this week, uh, Friday was nice and uh, I got a dirt bike. And so I took uh, my daughter, uh, we got some woods behind us, it's a power line uh, type thing. So we went up there, we're riding dirt bikes and she gets really excited and has a lot of fun. And she likes to, she's really into the cartoon Paw Patrol. And uh, it's this, you know, it's a, like a group of dogs, puppies, and they all have these different strengths or characters or whatever. Anyway, uh, so when we went up in the woods, it's, it's like we were on an adventure. It was Paw Patrol. We were going to like do a thing. And she loves like the main character. His name's Ryder. Uh, he's this guy who kind of leads all the things. And uh, he has like an ATV, a four-wheeler. And so she's riding on it. And she's like, we're like Ryder. And we're, we're, we're riding this thing. And we're on an adventure in the woods. And of course, as a dad, I'm like, yeah, we are. Let's go do something. You know, I don't know. And so, uh, and so we're going through this whole thing. She also tells me and everybody she meets uh, that she's going to marry Ryder, the guy. But she prepares me for it because I always get upset as the dad. Uh, and she wants to marry Diego. Uh, and she wants to marry Ryder, and she always includes me, which I think it's a mercy include at this point. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> so anyway, as her father, when we're up there adventuring and going through life, when she tells me these things, so we, 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 we're on the bike, or we're, and, we're, and she'll say, Daddy, she said, we're on an adventure, like Ryder, yeah. And she'll say, I'm gonna marry Ryder. I say, yeah, that's great. You should do that. You know, and I miss her. Because as a father... The most important thing I do in her life right now is cheerlead her dreams. You know what I say to her all the time? Wow, honey, that's great. You should do that. That's gonna be wonderful. You know what your heavenly father says to you in your dreams? That's gonna be wonderful. Do that, I'm with you. Don't believe me? Psalm 37, four says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. He wants you to do that dream that's on the inside of your heart. He wants to see you successful in that dream that's in your heart. Third John two says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, but even as your soul prospers. That's the kicker in all this. God wants to see your dreams pursued and go through and be effective and make a difference, but only in a way that your soul is prospering along the way. God doesn't wanna give you something that would destroy you. God doesn't wanna bless you into something that you're not able to handle. So it's important for us to position our hearts and be righteous and be in a place that as we prosper, our souls also prospering, amen? God wants you to have your dreams. God wants you to make a difference in your community and in your families. He, like me, is cheering you. That's great, I'm with you. You can do it, amen? I want you to stand to your feet. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're in here this morning and uh, you've never prayed the prayer of salvation, you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I would encourage you to start your dreaming there. Start your dreaming with God has a great plan for your life and he's come to forgive you of your sins and he's come to make heaven your home. Through what Jesus did on the cross, he provided for you salvation. So when nobody looking around, some people call it the sinner's prayer, some people call it um, the prayer of salvation, they're both the same thing. But I wanna give you the opportunity to pray that prayer that's gonna change your life, that's gonna make a difference in your heart and in your eternity. So if you're in here with nobody looking around and you say, yeah, Pastor Josh, count me in that prayer. I'm not gonna have you come forward. I'm not gonna do anything to embarrass you. But if right where you are, we're all gonna pray as a group. 
But if that's you and you say, yeah, count me in that prayer. I wanna make a decision for Christ today. If that's you, when I count to three, raise your hand. One, two, three. If that's you in here. Okay. I see that hand. Amen. All right. Anybody else? We're gonna pray this prayer. I wanna include you in it. If that's you. Okay, all of us together, and, and those of you that raised your hand, let's all pray this together out loud. Say, God, today I choose you as my Lord and Savior. Help me to walk with you all the days of my life. Forgive me of my sins. In Jesus' name, amen.